Welcome to the AWS Rethink Podcast, here to help you rethink your strategy in the cloud. I'm your host, Nolan Chen. And I'm your host, Malini Chatterjee. Today, we talk about a very important topic that is top of mind for everyone, security. To discuss this, I would like to welcome our guests, Krati Singh and Patrick Duffy. Welcome to both of you. Yes, welcome. Uh, before we dive into our main topic, I'd like to start with introduction. Can the both of you first tell us about yourself and what you do at AWS and maybe what you did before AWS? Hey, Malini. Hey, Nolan. Thanks for having us here today and talking about a topic uh, which is very uh, near and dear to my heart. I'm Krabi Singh. I'm a solutions uh, senior solutions architect here at AWS. Uh, I've been with the organization for two uh, for about two years now. Uh, I live in San Francisco Bay Area. I'm a field essay, uh, meaning I uh, my a lot of my day to day involves working with the uh, customers face to face. And uh, one of the top concerns I always heard from customers was around security. Uh, in my past life, also I used to work for uh, big name, uh, you know, U.S. banks and security and financial services companies where uh, security was top of mind, right? So. That has always been an area of interest, and especially working here at AWS, listening to my customers, uh, I got very, very interested in the area, and I developed that as my specialty area of work or my area of uh, depth, if you will. Thanks, Krati. And you, Patrick? Yeah, Nolan. Uh, so I'm also a senior solution architect at AWS. Uh, just like Krati, I'm also a generalist. Um, but my area of focus is in security, and that really started for me. Uh, before I came to AWS, when I was a employee of an AWS partner, so I was actually building a lot of solutions for customers. And one of the things that I needed to make sure that I was doing was I was building them securely. And that passion has really uh, saved me after joining AWS as well. Thanks, Patrick and Krati, for the introductions. So let's get started with you, Krati. For our audiences, can you please explain what is the shared responsibility model for security? Yeah, sure, Malni. So I think that's a very important uh, concept to understand uh, when it comes to implementing uh, security in AWS. Uh, so AWS owns the security of the cloud, and we provide the highest uh, levels of security possible uh, in alignment with you know, numerous compliance programs. Uh, but the customers, they are responsible for the security of their resources in the cloud, right? Keeping their content secure and compliant. So I would say shared responsibility model, it embodies the partnership between AWS and our customers. And sort of a cheesy analogy that I like to give sometimes is that when you're renting a house, you're a uh, house owner is responsible for maintaining the house if, if, if you know there's some cracks floods whatnot but the tenant would be responsible for locking the door when they walk out of the house right so and another uh thing that i would say is that uh, more and more uh, as a customer uh if you move towards managed services towards more serverless options that responsibility shifts more and more towards AWS. Thanks, Krati. I like your analogy of renting a house, you know, sharing the responsibility between the landlord and the renter. 
But I think the cloud is a little bit more different in that, you know, with the house, you just have to remember to lock your doors and windows. But in the cloud, there seems to be a lot of knobs and switches on the console. Can you advise on like where customers should start when under this shared security model? Yeah, maybe I can jump in, Nolan. Um, so kind of sticking with the, the house theme, customers should really focus first on building a strong foundation. So in AWS, we like to think of that as what we call a landing zone. This is an area of AWS that you're deploying your resources into. So when you think of a landing zone, it's really all about creating the separation between resources to help keep them secure. So many of our customers have gone and built landing zones on their own using a variety of uh, different services or AWS organizations, CloudFormation, uh, but we also make it easy for our customers to deploy a, a secure landing zone in under two hours using Control Tower. So that's where I would start. Thanks, Patrick. So I heard landing zone and make, which can help you create those accounts with, you know, boundaries between them. But I'm assuming, right, even after the landing zone is created, security is an ongoing process. So, so after the landing zone is set up, what else should customers start thinking about doing next? So I would say uh, look at some of the core areas under security. Uh, look at identity and access management, infrastructure protection, uh, data protection, threat detection, and incidents response and identify what is the end goal looks like for your organization, and then start building strategies for all these different areas. Thanks, Krati, for bringing up the five core areas under security, with identity and access management being the first. Uh, over to you, Patrick. Can you describe more about what customers should do for identity and access management? Yeah, absolutely. So. Identity and access management is the system that controls access to resources in AWS. So the first thing that customers should really be thinking about is how to apply these permissions using the concept of least privilege. What that means simply is just not giving more access than is needed to users or even to resources within AWS that they need to handle. Now, many of our customers already have their own identity provider as well. So some examples of that might be Active Directory, Okta, uh, as, as a couple of examples. And our customers can also integrate with those so they don't need to create a brand new identity provider to start using with AWS. Um, this is very much a recommendation because you can simplify the process of managing your user permissions. Uh, when you have somebody new that joins, you don't need to create separate accounts for them. You can create that in one location, give them access to AWS through that, and handle your, your authentication through your existing identity provider. Thanks, Patrick. So you talked about identity provider and identity and access management. So for those of us who are not security professionals, could you elaborate again just what's the difference between those two? Absolutely. The identity provider 
is the system that authenticates users and holds the credentials and all of the details of the users in its database. So uh, effectively, this holds all the information of the different users you have, what kind of groups they may be in, what kind of attributes they have. And it also includes a system that allows authentication to happen. So you, you go to a web page to log in, it asks you for your username and your password. That, that's really what the identity provider handles. Now, identity and access management is the system within AWS that controls all access to different AWS resources. So this, these are the policies and the roles that you create that allow the access to various AWS resources. Thanks, Patrick. I think that covers identity and access management. The second core area Krati mentioned was infrastructure and data protection. So what should a customer's approach be for infrastructure and data protection? Right, so infrastructure and data protection is really the practice of identifying what sort of infrastructure that you need to support your applications. Uh, when we think about a real world example, if you're running some sort of web application, you might have a database and you might have a web front end. Well, these have different needs for their networking security, for the level of uh, data protection. So you have to think about how you're going to deploy those services. Um, oftentimes we start with networking. So you, you will segment your network into different zones depending on what resources need access to what. Uh, back to that example, your database will likely live in a private zone and your web server may live in a public zone where uh, basically public internet access is available. Now, a couple of other things to think about are how do you protect the data? How do you protect it when it's in transit? You might be doing encryption. Um, how do you protect it it's at rest? Again, you might be encrypting the volumes or the data that you're putting in the database. So these are all areas around uh, infrastructure that you need to consider when you're setting everything up to post your applications in AWS. Thanks, Patrick. We have heard a little bit about identity and access management, infrastructure and data protection. Now let's learn a little bit about threat detection and incident response. Over to you, Krati. Yeah, so when it comes to uh, threat detection and incidents response, uh, I would highly recommend uh, turning on service like Guard Duty, which helps customers quickly discover any, any sort of malicious or suspicious activity that's going on in their accounts. And also look at uh, using Security Hub, which can give you a single pane of glass view of security and compliance across all of your accounts, right? And, and we recently uh, released something that we call uh, region aggregation. So it's truly that single pane of glass. You just stay in one region, look at findings from, you know, multiple, uh, for multiple accounts, for multiple regions, just in one place. From an incidence response perspective, I would say uh, customers can start with the manual uh, incidence response playbooks. Those are uh, publicly available in GitHub, uh, or or simple, you know, simple automations like uh, alerting security teams on Slack or on email. And then you can look at maturing uh, 
in the cloud, right? You could build fully automated solutions. You could leverage services like uh, Lambda, Step Functions, Systems Manager, Automation Documents. You can uh, leverage all these different services to build out fully automated solutions. And uh, for security, have we have also published uh, a solution that we call Automated Security Response. It's available in AWS Solutions Library. And customers can leverage that to quickly get started on their automation journey. They don't have to start from scratch. They can use that at base, use that solution as base, and then uh, build their own playbooks you know, on top of that. Okay, so, so far you've covered a lot. You started by talking about Guard Duty and Security Hub, which sound like foundational security services, but you also talked about some related services like Lambda, Step Functions, about playbooks. So it might seem a little overwhelming to a new customer. Does does AWS offer any type of checklist or tool that a customer can go through just to help them get going? Yes, of course. So we provide guidance with tools like uh, Well Architected Review, which is available as self-service option in customers' own AWS console. And then we have uh, publicly available documentation like AWS security maturity model, which walks customers through quick wins to foundational to a fully optimized uh, security posture. So you could look at uh, quick wins, some of the low hanging fruits that you could implement. And then, uh, you know, as you mature, you could implement things and become fully optimized uh, when it comes to security. Uh, last but not the least, I will also mention security reference architecture, which is uh, our opinion on what uh, you know your architecture should look like, especially from from a security standpoint. Out, out of those things you mentioned, uh, well architected review, security models, security reference architecture, is there one of them that the customer should start with? Uh, I would say when if you're if you're new to the cloud, uh, start with well-architected review. It has uh, it has a, six pillars underneath it. Security is one of them. Uh, we walk you through. Look at the guidance there in under all these different pillars, and uh, then look at our security reference architecture, which I said like it just focused on one core piece that security. So start with well-architected review. Set up, you know, regular cadences within your teams, within your organization, where you uh, do sort of a well-architected review of your workloads, be it monthly, be it uh, quarterly, have that regular cadence. So it's more of an iterative process. Whereas when you look at security reference architecture, you see this blueprint, sort of that end goal when it, you know, when it comes to security, that's where you want to reach. And you can take bits and pieces of it and implement it. So they go hand in hand, but I would say if you're coming new into the cloud, start with a well-architected review. Okay. So well-architected review, which would start with. Thanks, mm -hmm. Krati. Sure. Over to you, Patrick. In the news, we have heard a lot about bot attacks or DDoS attacks, distributed denial of service. What can customers do to protect themselves from such attacks? Right. So a couple of things right off the bat, we have we have edge protection services that customers can utilize that here. Uh, the first that I'll go into is the web application firewall or WAF. This is a service that customers can opt to use to protect their web applications against a variety of different types of 
issues or attacks using managed rule sets. So we have a lot of rule sets that we've created that uh, basically customers can use, but we also work with uh, many third-party security vendors and their rules are also available in this product. And that is one of the first things that customers can do is use this to protect their applications. Now, when it comes to distributed denial of service or DDoS attacks, all customers benefit from a service for free automatically called Shield. Uh, Shield is our anti-DDoS service. It is automatically applied to public-facing resources for AWS, um, and that's a great baseline. But many of our customers want additional features, so we also have Shield Advanced, which extends that to add additional features such as having an incident response team that's available to you and being able to really customize some of the protection uh, of Shield. So those two services together really give our customers a very broad range of coverage against uh, these different types of attacks that come in from you know uh, the public internet. So WAF and Shield can be used to protect against DDoS. But I want to talk about another uh, potential attack that's also been in the news, and that's ransomware. Ransomware is definitely on top of mind for many customers. Can you share some thoughts on how you can you can protect against ransomware in the cloud? Yeah, so uh, when it comes to ransomware protection, I would say there is no sort of a turnkey solution. Right, so customers need to cultivate a mindset of security at all layers, right? Security first. So from using fully patched systems to enabling encryption to exchanging data securely through secure protocols to monitoring and alerting, everything plays a role. And a very uh, important aspect, I would say, of ransomware protection is also data backups. You would want to back up your data and your applications in an immutable fashion. And not just backup, have simulation events, have game days where when you play out uh, events where uh, you have to pull up backups and then build from ground zero, right? So just don't put those backups there. Uh, make sure when it comes, when the time comes, you can actually leverage them and uh, you know go from there. Uh, for ransomware as well, we have uh, publicly referenceable material. If you were to search on the internet ransomware protection in AWS, uh, you would see our, our guide on the topic. So I think I heard that data backups are a very important aspect of ransomware protection. Could you tell us, though, a little bit more how the cloud can make data backups specifically, specifically for ransomware uh, maybe easier to perform? Yeah, sure. So for uh, backups as well, uh, we provide a number of features and services. Uh, some of our services, they natively have an option for you to backup or set up automated backups. We have a service dedicated uh, just for backups where you can uh, build strategies, you know, uh, set out your timeframes when you want to backup and things like that. Uh, even with our very uh, popular commonly used service S3, we provide uh, a feature that we call WOM, you know, write once, read many times. Uh, that That's what gives you that uh, immutable sort of backups. So there are all these different features and options available that makes it very easy. So you don't have to have uh, any sort of manual uh, checks and balance. You can just set it 
up once and make it a completely automated solution. Well, 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 this is all great information. Last question. Some customers also have compliance requirements like SOC, PCI, DSS. How does AWS help customers in meeting these compliance requirements? Sure. So there's really two ways to look at this. The first, and I'll go back to the shared responsibility model. The first is that AWS builds our services and infrastructure to meet many security compliance frameworks. And that gives our customers a kind of a good starting point where, where they're starting from a, an area of being compliant. Our customers can actually look up all of this information in the AWS console and the artifact service. Uh, and we provide reports uh, that align to the different frameworks. So that's kind of the starting point, but customers also need to architect their applications and their environments to be compliant as well. Uh, so where we can help there is many, we have services in this space, for example, Audit Manager, uh, Security Hub, and AWS Config that allow customers to continuously audit their environment and prepare for audit events uh, by gathering data in a, in a more automated fashion. Uh, that way they can simplify the process of going through some sort of audit for a compliance framework. So definitely meeting compliance requirements is also very top of mind for very for many customers. So thanks for sharing how AWS can help with that and provide resources to support that. But with that, that brings us to the end of our episode today. And I'd like to thank both you, Krati and Patrick, I think you both definitely helped our customers today rethink their strat security strategy in the cloud. Also like to thank our listeners for joining us today. Please send us your feedback by emailing us at rethinkpodcast at amazon.com. Thank you. Until next time.